Welcome to another episode of Be Here Now. I am your host, Bridget Mitchell. On today's episode, I chat with my friend Kareem, also known as Chef KG. Kareem left the world of banking in Egypt to pursue his love for cooking and connecting with people through food, more specifically, Texas barbecue. He is one of the most passionate and intentional people I have ever met, and you will be able to hear that in the way he talks about his love of barbecue and hosting his supper club. Kareem shares what life has been like chasing his dreams here in Austin, Texas, and the struggles that came with this massive career shift. You can follow Kareem on Instagram at KGBBQ or check out his website www.kgbbq.com. I loved getting to discover more about Kareem and his journey, as well as highlighting different food cultures. If you're in Austin, I hope you get a chance to participate in the unique food experience he has cultivated. This is Be Here Now. All right, here we go. Okay, hello everyone. Today I am joined by a very, very special guest. I know I say that every time, but all of my guests are very special to me. Um, this is someone who is so creative and and makes the most incredible food on the planet, I swear to God. Um, but I want him to introduce himself. So, Kareem, take Hi. it away. Hey, <laughs> hey Bridget. Um, thank you so much for... Uh, including me and your podcast. I'm really um, blessed and thankful that you chose me. Uh, well, hey everyone, my name is Karim El Gaish. I'm Egyptian. Um, I moved to Austin in 2016. Um, I just did a major career shift in my life <laughs> from banking and finance to food, uh, especially Texas barbecue. Um, I had major love and passion and admiration for this craft and I just chose to and decided to leave Egypt and come here to pursue my passion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Egyptian and I cook barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it so much. So Kareem and I met through a mutual friend. I think it was Jay. Um, exactly. And we came to, I think Jay messaged us and said, hey, my, my friend does this thing called the Supper Club on Tuesday nights and um, he would love it if we could get our friends together and, and go join him. And so we came to this random person's house and sat around his table and <laughs> And oh my God, we were blown away with a five course meal. I think it was five courses. It was five. Yeah, yeah it was so good. I, um, I think we actually met in the in the Fredericksburg first oh, time. Duh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Duh. Oh my gosh, duh. How did I forget about that? So it wasn't. Well, yeah. uh, you weren't totally random. We didn't yeah. totally go to a random person's house. Yeah, we we spent Fourth of July uh, together. But we you can, cooked for I did, everyone. I cooked, then. Yeah, I grilled for for everyone. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. I think that was the time I was like, oh my gosh, there's just like a whole layout of food yeah so good <laughs> thank you thank you yeah that was such a fun trip and uh, yeah i got to meet all of you and victoria too mm-hmm. and like some of the coolest people i've yeah. met again um uh, but you guys <laughs> attended the second supper club the second one yeah that was the it was i think in uh july or mm-hmm. yeah it was in july yeah so that was the second it was the second supper club yeah that was a really cool club. yeah <laughs> it was it was it was a lot of fun um all right so i guess okay the supper club why don't you just give a brief description of that um okay. if you want to dive into that sure you can do that okay. but what is the supper club um so a supper club is um 
as uh, as a New York thing. I think I'm pretty sure it originated in New York because mm-hmm. uh, you know the food scene is wild in New York. Obviously, it's so different from here in Austin. Um, but a supper club is basically a uh, very intimate dining experience. It's mm-hmm. very personal, also. Uh, it's what the chef wants to put out, uh, you know, away from the restaurants, away from the the business or the corporate. Uh, it's a more personal experience. So you go to the chef's house usually, or to a venue that they rent specifically for this experience, uh, and it's a plated uh, course meal. Uh, so it's usually dinners. Um, I started doing this. You know, it was a something in the pandemic because <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to cook, uh, but I didn't have s- much to do. And I've always kind of wanted to do that to host people in my house. I love hosting people. That's mm-hmm. part of like why i love cooking um so i just started with a small group of friends like really close friends i started with only four people on the table uh my closest friends and i would just cook i was trying to come up with new dishes um i was trying to you know hopefully like after the pandemic which is not over yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh to be ready with a full menu for my business uh so that's why i decided to do the supper club and to be able to experiment and keep cooking during this time. Um, but thankfully, like it just, it kind of exploded. You yeah. know, like we're <laughs> going from four people once a week. It's, it used to happen during the last month. It was twice a week for eight people. So that's mm-hmm. like double, double the yeah. <laughs> amount, which is amazing. Uh, and I've met some of the most, you know, amazing people in the city here through this, uh, this experience. And, got so many good connections through mm-hmm. it too um but yeah that's uh, that's basically uh, what supper club is yeah <laughs> okay okay cool so to to backtrack a little bit you are an immigrant mm-hmm. um and that's that's something that we share in common and i love that um even though we come from different different countries um immigrating is hard mm-hmm. and you're fairly new you came in 2016 right mm-hmm. okay can you tell us a little bit about that um yeah it's been a wild journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i came uh, to austin in 2016 my first visit ever to the u.s uh, was in 2012 um and i was visiting my uncle in cincinnati ohio he is kind of like the first one that left the country he left egypt and he's been in cincinnati for 20 years uh so every time we my generation my brother my cousins like every time we come to the u.s we always go to Cincinnati mm-hmm. it's kind of like our home away yeah. from home here um, so um, I just had a visit here in 2012 and I flew down to Austin to visit a friend Sammy mm-hmm. uh, he's an Egyptian friend that's been here uh, for you know a long time 10 years I think um, and I tried barbecue <laughs> yeah <laughs> that and was my first experience <laughs> I, like Ru- Rudy's actually was my first uh, my first barbecue experience uh, and I was blown away. I was literally blown away by the experience. Seeing and smelling and tasting, like all of my senses were just captured in so many ways uh, by the experience and by how it's prepared, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it was a huge, like it's a big craft. It's not It's not just a kitchen. It's not just cooking. It, it's a craft, you know. It's a craft that has history uh, and it's, so much about simplicity as well uh it's just about you're just cooking meats over a live fire using minimal ingredients 
so that really what made me so so attracted to this craft mm-hmm. um but back then i was i was really into cooking like i, I cooked all the time at home uh, i had banking experience i graduated business uh, cairo cairo university and i was working in banks and corporate finance uh from 2010 until 2000 you know end of 2015 so it was a five year career um but i would say i i um, you know um my my love for food i think goes to my mom that's that's mm-hmm. when i started loving food since i was a kid she would always have me cook with her and she would have me wash dishes <laughs> cut onions <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i started developing my love for food in my late teenage years and i started cooking a lot for family and friends so you know throughout the you know th- these years and even through my visit to austin i had always loved cooking i kind of had it in the back of my head uh, that i want to open a restaurant i want to cook professionally but it didn't it never happened you know all the way until 2016 that's when i actually decided to make that move mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i've i've like when it comes to immigration i've went through pretty much all the visas you can think of yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i came here on a tourist visa and uh, and i switched to um a student visa i went to school austin community college here and a working visa and my latest visa was a marriage visa i i got married for it was a four year marriage um and it was you know ended in 20 in 20 um uh, 2020 uh, and that was part of the reason why 2020 was a very stressful year and mm-hmm. i do i would love to talk about like how 2020 was um switched for me from being a really really tough year to the most amazing year in my career here in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. <laughs> 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 I mean, I I definitely wanted to highlight um some of the um struggles that you went through to get here and also to be where you are right now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of One of the main purposes of this podcast is to talk to people who have really found what they love doing and then like the journey that like, the journey that they took to get there. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, I guess I want to know a little bit about if you're comfortable sharing um some of those like 2020 struggles pre like early 2020 because I know end of 2020 was great for you and the supper club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I would say um 2020 was a really funny year for all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know some of the I've I've faced some of the you know some of the worst struggles in my career and in my life and in my residency um in 2020. Um I you know I like I'm saying like my late my latest residency was on the marriage mm-hmm. uh, and that didn't work out and it was um you know i lost the 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 status on it before i got my residency mm. so that was part of the huge stress that i went through in 2020 uh i also kind of had bad luck when it comes to um work because uh, my latest my last job in 2020 was at salt and time butcher shop i really enjoyed working there but i decided to move on and that was in february of 2020 mm-hmm. and that was a full time job Uh, I had other um, 
side gigs that I was doing, like, you know, private dinners and cooking classes. And I, I got a job at uh, guiding food tours as well. So I was, um, everything was picking up to where I thought like, okay, this is a good time for me to leave my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing <laughs> what's gonna happen, what's like right around the corner, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, 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 can relate. <laughs> uh, so, uh, around you know, in between March and June of 2020, that's when I pretty much uh, lost you know everything like the all the job, like my personal life, and I even had to move houses. Uh, I was renting this house, and they told us around the same time that they have to, um, they're, bu- they're selling the house. So we have to move, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say these three months were really some of the toughest times that I've went through mm-hmm. uh, through my career and my life in, g- in general. Um, but then everything just, you know, turned around. It really, it really did. Um, I, I think my coping mechanism with with stress is to keep going. You know, just yeah. don't you know, don't look back. Uh, I try not to distract myself and I just put in all this uh, pain into work Mm. Uh, and I think that's why everything just paid back to me Um, I got another job at Interstellar barbecue really close I wasn't really planning to work again or uh, or have another full-time job Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm thankful that I did and I'm thankful that I met the family at Interstellar Um, and then I started doing the the supper club Uh, the supper club has been um, I, th- I think has been the most uh, impactful thing that I did in my career. The, mm-hmm. the most thing that has affected my business uh, positively. Um, and that started in July, like we were saying, like just with a close group of friends and it kept expanding and the word went out um, because it's not just about the food for me. It's it's about the experience. Yeah, It's about you know it's a huge part of it it's about my culture uh we always this is something that i really appreciate about my culture that we just is everything is about food and food is about everything and mm-hmm. it's about family and we gather always gather around the dinner table we always linger on the dinner table so it's it's you know that's kind of what i wanted to put out because i miss that personally yeah um so i kind of create the ambience for it too with the lights and the music and mm-hmm. you know i try to make it feel like a part of home and people loved it like people really uh loved it um and got a lot of connections and like by the end of 2020 you know i haven't had done any pop-ups uh uh, I know we're kind of talking from the from the end, so I'm gonna explain what the pop-ups are. Yeah, you know, we're gonna go back from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but pop-ups is like where it all where my concept started. I started uh, my uh, concept in just introducing uh, pop-ups in different places around Austin. Uh, so my pop-up in 2020, I only had one in October, and that was a record-breaking pop-up. Uh, like in terms of sales, in terms of the number of people that came out, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of food that I cooked, uh, even though I hadn't done them in one year, but I think because of Supper Club, uh, you know, the word went out and people wanted to try more of the food. Uh, and I was, I was astonished, you know, yeah. by like it was like 150% more. So how much food did you make in that first, or like, can you give us kind of a... a <laughs> 
some way that we can see how much food you made? Yeah, I would say like, um, I, yeah, I can give you a few comparisons uh, or a few images. Um, I think the f with the first pop-up, I had cooked one brisket, one pack of sausage, uh, and maybe like one or two racks of ribs and a small, a very small amount of sides. Mm -hmm. And I didn't sell out. I was like coming back home with half of the brisket, uh -huh. ribs, and like hadn't even sold out of anything. Uh, and I probably served uh, what we call covers or tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, probably served like, you know, 15 people, mm -hmm. 10 or 15 people. And makes. that was 2019? That was, the first pop-up was in 2017. 2017. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was doing pop-ups regularly in 2019. Okay. Um, but then 2020 came and I didn't do any pop-ups in 2020 until October. Mm -hmm. um, but the first, the last, let's talk, let's talk about the last pop-up in, in uh, January. Mm -hmm. um, I had cooked five briskets. Oh, wow. I had cooked uh, 25 or 30 links of sausage. I had cooked like 10 racks of ribs, another 10 or maybe 15 racks of lamb and a bunch of different sides uh, and everything is sold out. Everything was even sold out before we started because uh, I've, I've been trying to push for uh, doing pre-orders, yeah. so we're doing contactless payments and um, we ended up selling out of food before we even started. <laughs> yeah, I think Vic met us at the park because she normally helps you out with the pop-ups and yeah. she met us at like 3.30 or 4 and she said, oh, yeah, we were so sold out within, like, the first half of the yeah, day. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> is, that's really just is. the amount of food that you, <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we served maybe 50, 55 people wow. uh, like in tickets or, or sales. So, yeah, it's it's uh, crazy. And I give uh, I give um, the credits to Supper Club, Yeah, I think, for, for um, showcasing the, the experience and the, the food that people will be getting. Even though the experiences are so different, you mm. know, like the supper club is much more. I don't like to call it fancy and upscale. I don't like to say these words because these words are not like my, not what I'm used to, not what I like to cook, not what I like to go out to eat and dine. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's more intimate, you know, it's more um, uh, plated differently. Everything is more personal. You have your own plate with different courses. Uh, but with the pop-ups, it's just a casual, it's very casual. It's very Austin style yeah, barbecue, yeah. you know, but it's just different with a twist. Um, so I can explain like the whole, <laughs> since we uh, talked a, lo a lot about 2020, I can explain a little bit about like the, the concept that I'm trying to put out here yeah, and then yeah. we can talk about, uh, I have so much details about like the story <laughs> and, uh, the places that I've worked at and like there's a lot of stories to share with with you and mm -hmm. the audience um, so the concept that I'm trying to put out here in Austin is um, is a fusion of uh, Texas barbecue and Egyptian food mm -hmm. uh, or Middle Eastern food um, I started my first pop-up in 2017 uh, and that was after I moved to Austin and after I had graduated culinary school and after I had worked in a bunch of different places around the city uh, I started thinking that okay like I want to do my own thing you know I want to uh, start my own business and since I moved I actually had this idea in the back of my head I was like I'm either gonna I was planning to come to Austin learn barbecue and then go back to Egypt and then I came to Austin and I fell in love with Austin 
And I started thinking about this idea, like maybe I can also have an Egyptian uh, Egyptian fusion with this barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I think that would actually work here. Um, so this is kind of like what the food that I put out and uh, the, the concept that I'm trying to put out here in Austin. Hopefully, I'm going to have a food truck uh, I was about on. to ask you yeah. that, if you were gonna <laughs> thinking of doing a food truck someday. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of friends are kind of suggesting the the restaurant route mm-hmm. to have a brick and mortar, but uh, I don't know. Like I think, to me, the idea was created, and uh, it was it was it started as a food truck. So that's kind of why I want to keep it this way, and yeah. I can always expand from it. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with the supper club. Like the supper club, the food in supper club is actually a lot more um, pure Egyptian and pure Middle Eastern. Uh, so you you would you wouldn't find a lot of the you would find some fusions, uh, but I would say the the supper club, and that's something that really makes it stand out too. That it's not just. Um, I haven't seen any other experience like that. So I, I haven't either. I don't think it's, yeah, it's not just like a very unique uh, experience in, in a chef's house. It's also Middle Eastern food. You yeah. Know? Like it's it's not your expected uh, uh, cuisine if mm-hmm. you think of an experience like that. Yeah, and it's so special because he really cares. You really care about your guests. And obviously you love to serve others because you have them in your own home exactly. <laughs> um people that you don't even know but i mean you made me a full vegan <laughs> menu and it was like i was not expecting that at all and that was the sweetest thing ever um so he will cater to your <laughs> dietary needs if you absolutely. have any absolutely. but yeah the food is absolutely phenomenal and it's i've never been to i'm a big foodie and yeah. i've never been to anything like that that's very intimate and you know like you said you have the music and the lights and um, it, it is almost like you're stepping into another culture. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really special. And something that you kind of touched on a little bit was um, how the intimacy and the communal essence of food is something that is so abundant in your culture. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't think American culture has at all. Mm. Um, I forgot who I was talking. Uh, I was talking to someone about this, but there are cultures around the world that if they if they knew what about drive through they would think we were barbaric because <laughs> like eating in your car is like what like that's like not like that's not normal to a lot of cultures and mm-hmm. for us it's so normal we just if you're hungry like go through a drive through pick up food and like you're eating and it's not even like I'm not really talking about the food of fast food. I'm talking about the fact that you're eating while you're driving mm. and you're not even connecting with what you're eating. You're just eating because you're hungry. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of cultures around the world, it's a, it's a, an, it's an experience yeah. eating. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I love that. It's, it's so intentional and each meal has intention. You, you make a menu for every yeah. supper club, yeah. <laughs> a literal card that sits on your placemat. Um, it's, it's precious. I love it. Um, what was the moment of, if you have, if you can think of a moment of like, yes, I want to pursue cooking full time, like screw banking, <laughs> screw that career. I want to like dive headfirst into uh, like culinary arts. Uh, there was a, there was a lot of moments actually, mm-hmm. uh, but the moment the yes moment you're talking about was probably um, around 2014. 
2015 that was probably the moment when i when i decided because i had known that i want to cook i want to do this for a living i had known that for a long time i started my banking uh, career in 2010 uh, and shortly after that i realized that this is not for me it was yeah. a it was a great job it was a good job uh but i knew it wasn't for me um so i i knew you know the yes moment that i love food was you know before even before 2000 I, ho I had hosted my first dinner at home in 2008 that was the first time i ever uh, cooked for someone other than my mom and my dad and my brother you know <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really when i i knew how much i love food um but i had always had it in my mind that i would love someday to not be working in the bank and not be having this desk nine to five job uh, and and be running my own restaurant, be cooking my own food every day. Um, and that really happened in 2015, you know, at the end of 2015, that's when I decided to actually take action uh, and start pursuing this dream. There was a lot of pressure from friends and family, and there's a lot of pressure from within myself mm. to actually take this step. Um, you know, because you have uh, all the friends, all the family, like literally everyone, even the closest people to me thought that that was that was going to be a crazy decision. Like, mm. that's not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, you have a reputable job in the bank. Um, you know, everyone is seeking some, you know, stability mm. and you're making this money and you have a career and you have future. Are you going to leave all of this to become a cook? you know yeah <laughs> and even like that it's something culturally it's it's getting different now in in cairo and in egypt but being a cook has historically been something that's kind of looked down upon mm. um so there was there was a lot of uh, delay in in uh, in taking that step forward uh just because of that pressure that i felt that i and i listened i listened to 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 those people and i know it's all out of love but it's you know you have to break through uh that pressure and i'm really glad that i did yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so, yeah that was you know uh a moment of uh, of a yes moment was in 2015 mm. um i had like uh, like i was saying in 2012 i had just visited and i had tried the barbecue mm -hmm. uh, uh and the reason why I chose barbecue to pursue as a career was simply a business idea. Like I had so much love for barbecue uh, and I, I wanted to eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have some brisket. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was uh, purely a business idea. Like I was just thinking from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, okay, I'm going to leave the bank. I'm going to, you know, try to cook something what would work in cairo and i thought about barbecue and it's like people we love meat you know mm -hmm. <laughs> we always have even like breakfasts or lunch or dinner there's usually proteins yeah <laughs> and there's always a centerpiece you know like we eat a lot of meat <laughs> you're the meat master yeah. <laughs> as we like to say <laughs> the meat man <laughs> um and uh and you know we we have like barbecue and in, in egypt and throughout the rest of the middle east is all about grilling uh it's all about hunt fa hunt fast cooking 
skewering things over uh, uh, coals and grilling. Um, I love barbecue in Egypt. Like barbecue in Egypt is huge, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like this. Nothing like Texas barbecue. Yeah. 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 There's nothing like Texas barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that's when I did, thought like, yeah, people would love that. Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we would Egyptians would really enjoy a smoked brisket and, you know, the sides and everything that goes along with it and the experience and everything. Uh, and that's when, you know, I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way. Like, how, how am I going to get this? You know, how am I going to get this concept here in mm-hmm. Cairo? Um, and during my, my life and my career in the bank, uh, in between 2013 and 14, after my visit to Austin, that's when I decided to start experimenting with, uh, with barbecue. And I actually started something similar to Supper Club, where I hosted my friends every weekend every saturday night and i would cook uh, barbecue and they would kind of just chip in whatever they want to chip in mm-hmm. uh, so this way i can keep cooking i yeah. can keep cooking and practicing uh, i went to uh, it was very primitive you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i live in an apartment uh, building and i just had an outside balcony we call it balcony mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um and i bought a weber grill from this store that had just acquired the agency for Weber grills. There was really nothing else you can cook barbecue on. Uh, I bought Franklin's book online and I started reading it. I started watching every single video that is available on YouTube on how to cook a brisket, how to cook barbecue. And I just started, you know, messing with it. Started like playing with, with how to smoke this meat and I would go to butchers. Uh, finding the meat was the biggest challenge, mm-hmm. you know, because you would go to a butcher and ask for a brisket and, you know, they, you would have to take whatever they claim to be a brisket. Yeah, <laughs> this was start. in Egypt? That was in Egypt. Yeah. First of all, no one knew what brisket is. Uh, we always uh, we always take it and we grind it because brisket does, it does have the perfect fat to meat ratio. Mm-hmm. So it's really perfect for grinding if you want to have a good ratio. And that's what we did. That's what most people do, actually, with brisket. But not in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I would I would go to butchers, you know, go to butchers and ask for brisket, ask for ribs, and I even, like, do whole chickens, salmon, fish, uh, shrimps, like, anything I can cook and I can smoke, I would just, like, I would just do it. And I started this practicing. And in 2015, I hadn't even quit my job yet. Uh, and that was in October. I decided to do this in October because it's my favorite month and it's my birthday month as mm-hmm. well. So I compiled all my vacation days in the bank uh, and I took a whole month off. So this way I'm kind of doing it, you know, the the less risky way. Mm-hmm. I decided not to quit uh, and to um, just to prove, just test it out, test it out, and <laughs> yeah. like you know, to listen to myself and listen to the people that are around me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took all my days off and I came to Austin. Um, as as uh, it was such a cool month, honestly. I had stayed with my friend Sammy, and um, I would just go. You know, I would just go. I had a list of places that I wanted to hit up. I've read so much about barbecue. I already know a lot about barbecue mm-hmm. uh, and about the scene in Austin and the people in Austin. Um, I met Franklin. I was uh, on my way. Oh, also, I watched... Uh, I don't know if you know the movie Chef. I don't no. know that movie, Okay, no. that's such a good movie, and he came out with a show later. But the movie is about... Um, 
is about this chef that worked in the in a restaurant and the owner of the restaurant just was always like on his ass like telling him what to cook we have a food writer coming in you have to cook this you have to cook that and he just wanted to cook his own thing he wanted to come up with new dishes and then he left uh, and just it's the story is about his him leaving his job and uh, creating his own cuban food truck mm-hmm. so i watched the, this movie on my flight on, on the way <laughs> wow that's so <laughs> fitting <laughs> it was perfect it was perfect uh, so on the way I, I had watched this movie on the flight and i was landing in houston and i took a bus from houston to austin and on my way to uh, austin i was already starting researching right what's happening i think i arrived on a saturday and i had the next sunday and i was already sh- searching what's happening uh, on the sunday you know uh, what's happening tomorrow and i um, i saw that the austin book festival was happening mm-hmm. and franklin is going to be signing is going to be doing a book signing because oh, his wow. book has just came out mm-hmm. the book that i just read wow <laughs> yeah. um and i i went i definitely like went and i had a bunch of like gifts from egypt uh-huh. you gave them to him yeah no i gave him one. Oh, you gave him one you gave him one because i was planning to go to different a lot of barbecue places and mm-hmm. i will just talk to the owners and i'll gift them something from egypt so i decided to give franklin aaron franklin a can of beer a can of egyptian beer like the one like sitting right there you can probably oh, see it. wow. it's really cool that looks golden yeah. has the pyramids on it <laughs> Uh, but I had met him, I introduced myself and I told him like how much his book and uh, inspired me and I want to, you know, I want to cook barbecue and he loved the, the story and everything. Um, but anyway, going back to the, <laughs> going back to Trek, um, I was going out every morning, um, hitting, you know, one or two or five barbecue places around the city and I would go and order some barbecue and uh, sit down and try it and then I, I would go up and try to talk to the owner of the place mm-hmm. just kind of like tell them my story um, you know I'm from Egypt I have a lot of passion for this and I would love to learn it would you teach me uh, I'm not gonna be competing with you I'm just gonna I just want to learn it and I want to go back to Egypt I wanna open my own place in Egypt uh, but I was faced with a lot of rejection mm, from <laughs> yeah from people because I guess it is you know Austin really is the hub uh, and the mecca of barbecue yeah and, and a lot of food in general it is such a food town true yeah no one yeah. wants to give away their secrets yeah <laughs> <laughs> especially i feel like yes but especially with barbecue yeah because 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 uh, it really is the hub for all the the successful people like most of the successful people are here in the city um so i uh, yeah everyone was you know was not really um happy with the idea or like mm. <laughs> accept accepting with the idea um until i i uh, came across curlin barbecue uh, now they're some of my best friends in the city they're great people uh and i walked up to curlin barbecue they're they're they had a small truck on east caesar chavez uh i can tell you also a little bit about their story because they have a kind of a you know an inspiring story as well he 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 used to be a border patrol uh oh, wow. yeah all the way on south texas and mm-hmm. uh, he's from philadelphia and she's f- amelise is from venezuela she's amazing shout out to amelise i love <laughs> i love you <laughs> and bill um uh, and they both uh, met, i think they both met in philadelphia and sold all their stuff got uh, got a trailer and they road tripped around the whole country 
and they stayed in Austin uh, because they loved Austin mm-hmm. and they decided to start a business here and a cooking barbecue. Um, so I think maybe that's why he accepted me. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> saw the the not the struggle, but y- you like wanting to start your own. Yeah, yeah. He saw yeah he saw my love for it and maybe mm-hmm. he saw a resemblance with with him because he had a similar backstory or mm-hmm. background. Um, and I was also at that point, I was offering to do internships. Like I was offering, you know, I just want to learn it. I, I don't care about yeah. <laughs> getting paid. So maybe also that's another reason. Uh, but yeah, he, all he said was like, yeah, I'll teach you. Uh, come back whenever and let me know before you're back and I'll teach you. So, so okay. So you spent the rest of that month, that October 2015, and then you go back to Egypt. And then how did... What was the timeline from that month to the month in 2016 that you decided to move here? What did um, that look like? Yeah, it just looked like packing my stuff, mm. saying goodbye to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, during that time, I I was you know I was thrilled that Curlin decided to offer me this job, and to me that was uh, a moment of success. Mm. Uh, and a moment of uh, possibilities, you know, like, yeah, maybe I can do this. Um, so um, I just went back to Egypt, and uh, shortly after that, I quit my job, I think a month or two after. Uh, I just kind of, uh, and that was, you know, it took me a while to kind of settle and, um, uh, like, believe that this is actually happening, because mm-hmm. I have never lived away from Egypt. I had never even thought that I would, leave Egypt like all my brother had left and a lot of family members had left but they would always tell me that and even my friends like I I was not the one that expe- that was expected to leave mm. Egypt um, why do you think that is because I always never really saw myself leaving I just loved like I loved living in Egypt and I did not like living in Cairo I was planning to leave Cairo sometime soon uh, but I never really saw myself uh, living outside of Egypt. Yeah. Uh, but when I did, I decided like, yeah, yeah I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, Austin's pretty yeah, cool. Austin is cool. Austin. I don't know about Cincinnati, Ohio, no. <laughs> but Austin, uh, Austin's pretty cool. Um, so what, uh, I'm trying to think. If there was any other place in the world that you could have, moved to did any other places spark interest or was it just like the u.s um well i think it was only the u.s because i had something to pursue here Mm -hmm. um i've i've traveled around you know uh, i think greece was one of the most beautiful places that i've seen in my life and that's somewhere i would totally live uh, but Egypt is very similar, you know, where we share the same sea, we're on the Mediterranean, we have the same culture. Uh, it's just like beautiful, but different mm-hmm. sceneries, you know. Um, but I think Austin, the culture, the vibe, the people, the food, uh, everything here in Austin is kind of like what made me feel like I, I love the city. Like yeah. I want to I wanna be here. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit about the differences between the two. Um, I know from an immigrant standpoint, a lot of um, a lot of people don't realize how lucky we have it in mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah. Um, and I know that that can be hard to hear, especially when you are someone who is oppressed in this country and um, face a lot of hardships. 
due to various um, reasons. But a lot of people in the world look at the U.S. as like a pinnacle of, oh, my gosh, if I could get my family there, then then everything would be OK. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel that at all about America or were you content? Because I've never been to Egypt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to know what your perspective is on that. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, is trying to, um, to go like where they think they're going to have a better life. Mm. But what maybe what people don't see behind that is you're going to always have struggles, you know, wherever you go. There's a lot that I miss about home. There's so much that I miss about home. Um, and there's a lot that I don't like about Cairo and about Egypt too. And that's really why I decided that whenever I go back to Egypt, I do not want to live in Cairo anymore. Um, but, you know, moving here, uh, there was a lot of struggles, uh, that I faced. I, I would say financial struggles mm. were, were really the biggest, um, especially starting from zero. You yeah. know, I had, I had a, a career in Egypt and, um, moving to Austin, I decided to go in the kitchens, you know, I was like working in kitchens on the, on the, you know, below basic levels, mm-hmm. you know, so I was, uh, I was, I struggled a lot financially, uh, but otherwise, uh, life is life is uh, seems to be you know a lot simpler, uh, a lot easier. People are more easygoing. People are more relaxed, less um, conservative. And I'm talking about Austin, of yes, course. <laughs> yes, yes, Austin. <laughs> uh, um, ideologies uh, are easier to get along with. Um, not like in Egypt, like in Egypt and Cairo, you kind of have to live in your own bubble, Mm. uh, which is sad. And a lot of people disagree with me on that, that it's, and that's why a lot of people leave Egypt because of that reason, because of how segregated, separated, we have so many different um, cultures within our culture, you know? Uh, So you kind of have to, if you want to, if you don't want to be, judged or looked down upon or blah 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 you have to seclude yourself and live in your own bubble and your own circle mm. um but i mean you know i can't really tell like it's there there, there is pros and cons here and there um but you know i've i've embraced my challenges and i've overcame them in yeah. austin and I, I love austin so i think you know my dream is to be in between Austin and Egypt Mm -hmm. is to my dream is to start my business here uh, get it going and get it running and then go back to Egypt and start another business get it going and running and then retire (laughs) 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 retire on the beach in Egypt (laughs) (laughs) oh I would love to go I would love to Mm -hmm. go one day Um, so the word purpose keeps popping into my mind Um, that's something that we talk about on every episode what does the word purpose mean for you? And if you found your purpose, well, I want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, purpose for me is, is I think, is uh, the main, the, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate reason. Uh, and there's many different purposes mm-hmm. uh, for us as humans. I feel like our highest purpose is to, you know, survive and reproduce and yeah. like just keep our uh, species alive. Uh, but a person, uh, when you when you go down down to a more micro level, uh, 
a purpose for each person is like what they wanna or what they see themselves the reason why they wake up every morning mm-hmm. uh what you wanna see yourself doing every day without being bored without being fed up or without someone telling you that you need to do something mm-hmm. uh to me uh my purpose is my internal motivation my personal passion and the things that i wanna do things that i love and the things that i keep doing every morning to reach my goals uh so it's a beautiful word it's a beautiful thing to have um you know and some people um find their purpose some people don't uh so i'm sure everyone always has something in the back of their heads mm-hmm. that they love and something that kind of seems unreachable unattainable uh, and they keep pushing it down and away and that's something that i think you know everyone should always listen to their own voices and do what they love even if they were faced with uh, any opposition or any judgment or whatever because um, that's i you know that's in my opinion that's when you really become the happiest yeah is when you actually wake up every morning and do the things you love yeah that's so good i love that <laughs> um and i love that you really listen to yourself um because that's what got you here you didn't listen to all the people that told you no you shouldn't um but yeah you've you've built a an amazing you you've had an amazing start here um so i'm I'm really ex- excited and i'm looking forward to seeing where your business goes i mean even just the last pop-up i know i couldn't make it but just hearing how successful it was that was amazing yeah. and and i mean we've had to reschedule this like three times because you've been so busy with your supper clubs and your cooking classes and all that. So, um, and this is, that's totally fine. This can be on the back burner for, for a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I know that you're, you're really thriving in, in your career. Um, I know you said that you've been journaling the last few days. Um, (laughs) Kareem and I have survived the snowstorm apocalypse that just hit Austin. Um, it's like the happens every 10 years or so apparently, Mm -hmm. or Something like this hasn't happened in 10 years, but basically we were all without power and water for like five days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. But you said that you were journaling a lot. Um, is there anything that you in particular that you wanted to share that you kind of wrote down or dug deep in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was uh, I wanted to journal. That's something I always wanted to do. Uh, I'm not very good at, at it. I think that's okay. Yeah, but I call it um uh, uh word dumping or brain word, dumping. Brain dumping. That's, that's what my okay. therapist says because <laughs> you just write. Like there's no structure. You just write. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to you know maybe um I started journaling in 2016 when I moved here uh, during my job at Curlin. Um, I faced a lot of, uh, you know, it was amazing. I was happy, honestly, having the time of my life, just, just like actually living the dream, you know, and actually being here and cooking barbecue every day. Um, and I decided that, you know, maybe if one day this becomes a success story, uh, that I want to take these journals and turn them into a book maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did, you know, the past few days because I know I knew uh, our meeting and our recording has kind of prompted me to uh, to write uh, almost like a timeline of my uh, of my story since yeah. I moved here. 
So I can definitely like share. Uh, I would love to share some of the highlights of my uh, of my career since I moved to Austin here, and maybe I can uh, read some of my old diaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Journaling is powerful because yeah. you're able to see where you came from and and how where you are now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you know, I I would love to like share a little bit about. Um, um, the different places that I've worked at and the people that I've met mm-hmm. uh, in Austin and how uh, this all affected me uh, and influenced me. Uh, during my time at Curlin, um, you know, I was um, I was working a lot, like a lot more physical work than I ever done <laughs> in mm-hmm. my life and my career and my like desk job. Um, and uh, I had also met. Uh, one of the one of the you know most um people that had stood alongside me since i moved here mike mike mcchesney this guy you know i can't be who i am and where i am without mike Mm -hmm. um uh, i met him it was a funny story i met him he was organizing a cook-off so mike is a full-time uh sales he works in sales uh software sales and uh, he loves barbecue as a hobby he is almost from austin too so he's been living here for a long time and and he used to organize this cook-off in downtown austin uh it's it's a cook-off a a small barbecue cook-off in a church in downtown austin in the parking lot of a church Mm -hmm. Uh, so i had found it on facebook uh, I had found the event on Facebook and I was like, yeah, I'll go check it out. That's kind of what I did, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's what I, I'm going to go, definitely go check it out. And I had my camera and I was walking around, taking pictures, talking to the pit masters and what what are you doing? What are you serving? And like eating the food. And I think that kind of triggered uh, Mike's uh, attention, uh, being the organizer. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of, you know, different guy, he's different looking <laughs> guys walking around, taking pictures. <laughs> And he came up to me and asked me, like, what, uh, hey, what's up? Like, where are you from? And I just, like, as soon as I shared my story, he was, you know, he was totally invested. Like, he was so uh, interested that someone all the way from Egypt is here and trying to learn barbecue, trying mm-hmm. to learn this craft. Um, and during this time, he had, like, I had just met him. And he was like, yeah, what are you doing this weekend or this, you know, week and he took me to a, a barbecue road trip. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to pick you up uh, next morning and we're going to go to Lockhart. We're going to go to Taylor, Texas. We're going to go. I'm going to. And he took me on a full day, like a nine to five day. Wow. Where he just like explained the history of barbecue, took me to the oldest places in Texas and talked to me all about Texas and all about barbecue. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, now Mike... Uh, I, I cook, you know, Mike was the person that got me the uh, Diaz Market connection where I host my pop-ups because mm-hmm. he was supposed to cook there for their anniversary in 2017 and he couldn't and he asked me to cook. So I cooked and I started doing pop-ups there all the time. Um, and I cook on his pit all the time too. Like he, you know, I borrow his pit all the time and like he's also a realtor. So I've every house that i moved in like mike was the one that got it for me that's cool so it's amazing like mike's like a friend father and a brother at the same time (laughs) so he's really one of the best people the holy trinity yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) 
um, but yeah, I will. Uh, I would love to share a little bit of uh, of my diaries when I used to work at Curlin. Um, we were. So I, I had started working uh, with Curlin in February of 2016, and South by Southwest were, was just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And Curlin Barbecue, uh, that was their first year. That was their only year, actually, to be um, be on one of the food trucks that are uh, selling food in South by Southwest. Oh, wow. They were setting up in uh, on Rainy Street. So it was like you know the busiest part of South by, um, and they had their food their food trucks set up there. Um, so we had two trucks. We had their original location, and then we had the other truck um, at the South by location, and I was just working at the original location. Okay, um, so I'm gonna read my diary from okay. from one of those days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. All right. <coughs> Riding for the first time now on the 11th of March 2016, I've been willing to ride those diaries since my arrival on the 14th of February to Austin, Texas for the greatest journey of my life into the world of Texas barbecue. (laughs) The day started by the crack of dawn, didn't wake up until the third alarm went off. I quickly packed my backpack and left home. Bill was already starting the fire when I arrived. Also, Amelie's was there, and they were both moving around like ants, stocking up for their winter supplies, trying to fix everything and get ready for the setup for South by Southwest Festival. After the fire got going, we put 18 briskets on the smoker. They both left to deliver the truck on the site, and I was left alone for some zen time. I made my morning coffee, got the camping chair from the back area. I sat down as close as I can get to the fire, listening to its cracks while sipping on my coffee. I wasn't, it wasn't so long until the Zen time was turned into a wild roller coaster for the next 15 hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 11 a.m. has arrived. The line has already started to form. I went up to the gate to open to the hungry customers when one of them actually shouted, Charge! <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Marcus, uh, Marcus is one, someone that was working there at the time. At this point, Marcus had to go cut the meat for service, and I wanted to get the briskets done so I can catch some of that line that, and try to cut some meat for service during the heat of a busy day. Um, after about an hour, I was done with the trimmings. Uh, with some help from Bill, we stacked up the meat into the tubs and stocked them away. As soon as this was done, I ran up to Bill asking, can I get to cut some meat now? <laughs> so meat was, uh, cutting meat was something that I w- really wanted to do because mm-hmm. it seemed like the adrenaline part of the job. You're on the line, you're cutting this beautiful meat for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, his answer was, sure, if you want to. Of course I want to. I hurried up inside the truck, put my apron on, cleaned my station, I put my knives together, waiting for the next customer to show up, like a little child waiting for his mom to look to show her, to show her his new trick. <laughs> As expected, that Friday was very slow on the service. It was a rainy day, and President Obama was in the city, a couple blocks away, giving a speech during South by Southwest. At around noon, at around 2 p.m., Bill stepped into the truck, looked at his watch, and said, "Okay, boys, shut it down." At this point, we had. About six briskets, four racks of ribs, and 15 sausages, and a pork butt. 
But no worries, all of this will be supplied to the south by truck, which is already running out of food. We started to clean up. I took out the cambros, which are uh, boxes that you transport food in, uh, and transport all the meat to the other location. Bill and I headed quickly over there um, with more meat and drinks. Uh, as we were on our way, I started feeling the vibe of the festival. People walking around in the coolest outfits. The sound mm -hmm. of music mm -hmm. is everywhere. Lots of booths advertising their products. Organizers with their name tags rushing around everywhere. The smell of barbecue was in the air and everyone had a beer in their hand. We, click we quickly reached the parking spot and unload the supplies and get out of there. We unloaded two cambros full of meat, and as soon as I stepped in the food truck, I felt the excitement of the fast service over there. The line wasn't that big, but the vibe seemed thrilling. Amelie, being a very energetic woman, gave us that look for being late and leaving her with no food and the possibility of her worst fear, an unsatisfied customer. We quickly unloaded and drove back to the original truck, which pretty much seemed like as dead as I ever seen it. Uh, it was like, it felt like getting a peek of the backstage of your favorite band on a busy concert. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so, I, wow, I was picturing that unfolding in my head. Um, I've never been to South By, but uh, I was supposed to go last year, but COVID. Um, thanks for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. That was, that was I, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, I hope you continue to journal um, because it would be amazing to... Um, read your book one day Thank you. Thank <laughs> and yeah like the point of this podcast for our episode is I really wanted to give you the chance to share your story and so that way when you have guests you can say hey if you want to know more about me like yeah, check out this podcast because awesome. I'm that. like tell I told my story to a friend and yeah. you can listen to it yeah. um because I know you probably get asked all the time mm. how'd you get here like, yeah. what do you? <laughs> and it's like a never-ending um, it's like if you want the full details, head to the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, um, when you were explaining or when you were sharing that, I thought of my parents and, and how their journey was being here in their first few months and how um, my dad had a mentor and someone that kind of took him under their wing. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, shout out to those people that take a chance on someone that's really just wanting a better life and yeah. wanting to pursue something, something new. Yeah. Um, because we really do have a lot of blessings here in, in America. That was sure. weird English. <laughs> we have a lot of blessings America here. America is and, full um, of blessings. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's important to share when you can. Um, okay, I have like a couple questions for you. Um, what's one piece of advice you can give to someone who maybe is listening to this and is like, okay, I want to do this. I want to follow my passion. Um, if you could speak some wisdom. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say, um, uh, take the first step, you know, that's, mm. that's, uh, that's what I struggled with personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a procrastinator by nature <laughs> 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 and I always, you know, I always seem to know what I want in my mind, but I always, uh, kind of, uh, have, a, have a trouble with the first step, but then once I'm past the first step. It just always just flows. That's I'm talking like, you know, historically with my own self. Uh, so my advice to everyone is to, you know, listen to yourself. Uh, if you love something, don't listen to anyone. Do it. Give it a try. Uh, talk to people. Talk to someone who's done it before. They're going to know. They're going to give you some advice. 
but just listen to yourself and do what you love um and for all the home cooks out there <laughs> i would like to give a little piece of advice as well uh is to you know don't follow i mean reading books uh i i love i read so many cooking books my preferred type of cooking book is more about the science of cooking uh explaining why ingredients act the way they act mm. when when we apply heat or when we cook them that certain way why those flavors go together um if you want to be a home cook or if you want to cook professionally uh my biggest advice to you is to train your own palate you know uh get the knowledge read books cook recipes th that's fine if you want to cook recipes but don't stick you know don't i never stick to recipes even until today uh taste taste everything as you go uh and just adjust like trust your own palate mm. uh and ad adjust your own way to come up with your own flavors mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to get into cooking. <laughs> you, you're inspiring me a little bit. Um, it's actually yeah. funny. Like I don't eat meat at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And I know I have a lot of, I love a lot of vegan friends, a lot of vegetarian friends. Um, they're going to listen to this maybe and be like, why is she interviewing someone that is that a meat all master? Me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm all about, I have my own reservations about eating meat, but I, really believe that the energy that you put into your food is the most important. Um, and I know that like a home cooked meal is, is going to, I mean, this is going into like spirituality, but it really <laughs> does fuel your body in a way that like fast food or a Subway sandwich can't. Um, so that's something that I, I really admire about your passion and your career. Um, and Okay, I'm going to, at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to kind of plug, like, where people can find you. Um, but do you want to give a little information about, like, where they can find you in more detail? Um, I would say, you know, I want to say something about the vegan food, too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, something, you know, I think that's... Uh, um, in Egypt, we have a lot of amazing recipes that are 100% vegan. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I said earlier that we are like these wild carnivores that we <laughs> eat <laughs> everything with meat. Uh, but we also, uh, in, in the past and uh, throughout, you know, the, um, the modern history of Egypt, there has been so many um, uh, turmoils that have created these wonderful, flavorful, and hearty vegan 100% vegan dishes mm -hmm. um so there are a lot of uh, uh dishes in egypt that are there's like a, a perfect example is a dish called kushari which i ha i'll have to make this for you one day yes please do <laughs> <laughs> this dish is extremely filling and it's very flavorful uh and it has a lot of ingredients it's it's kind of a, a carb bump <laughs> mm -hmm. bring it on yeah. i'll take it <laughs> It has like all kinds of carbs in it. It has rice, it has vermicelli noodles, it has these small little pasta mm. noodles. And you kind of put all that together and it has black lentils too. Ooh. Uh, you put all that together and then you top it off with this spicy garlic tomato sauce. Uh, and the garnishes are chickpeas and fried onions. Oh, that and sounds so good. It's Stop. So <laughs> <laughs> and then you add more chili. You, add, you eat it with chili and lime juice. Uh, 
So that's one thing I would I think would actually work as a food truck in Austin. Like mm. that would just be a pure vegan Egyptian food. You know, yeah. like I just wanted to share that because like uh, that's something that maybe not a lot of people know or expect. But there is uh, a huge array and variety of uh, beautiful vegan food in the Middle yeah. East. I would fully support that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love both of those ideas of like having, you know, your your barbecue, Texas Egyptian barbecue fusion mm-hmm. truck and then like your 100% yeah, vegan. Yeah. Because <laughs> Austin is, there is a lot of people that are vegan and then there is a whole community of meat eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all like intentional and it's, um, handcrafted and it's Mm. just beautiful. Mm. Um, something that I ask everyone is, oh, wait, where people, where people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say probably, uh, Instagram or email. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have a current location right now. Um, so what I, what I do, I would also uh, talk a little bit about like what I'm doing currently. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so my monthly pop-ups that I host are at Diaz Market. Mm-hmm. Diaz Market is the cool little um, mom-pop shop. It's a supermarket. Uh, you know, it's a specialty grocery. So they carry, you know, the you know, the, the things that you wouldn't find normally and the local products um, that you pr- uh, normally wouldn't find in the big groceries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have they also serve they have breakfast sandwiches and salads and soups and they serve beer and wine uh, and they have an outside a beautiful outside patio so uh, Diaz market is called D-I-A apostrophe S this is where I host my monthly pop-ups they're hosted every last Sunday of the month mm-hmm. um, my pre- the pre-orders are done on Instagram or through my website uh, so I would say the easiest way to reach me is through my Instagram kgbbq, or my email is kgbbqtx at gmail.com. Um, I also host the supper club. Uh, I kind of uh, have been thinking about it lately, and I did actually uh, take it down to only private events mm-hmm. now instead of uh, public and the covid times you know i yeah. i just i'm just gonna start doing public suppers now you mean private yeah uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> private. yeah i'm doing only private suppers uh and and i i'm hosting the suppers at my place or at the guests place mm-hmm. um so i i did have a few suppers lined up this weekend but the storm uh, prevented that from happening um and i also teach cooking classes yeah uh uh, I started teaching classes. That te- teaching classes is really the most um, rewarding thing mm. that I've done in my career here. There, there has been a lot of amazing moments, amazing, uh, you know, triumphs is like what I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, teaching the classes, like landing this job with Austin Eats as being like being an Egyptian food tours guide like i guide people i got tourists here around the city with with uh, and show them the scene in austin um landing this job at salton time like salton time was somewhere that i had applied there a year earlier before i got that job mm-hmm. uh salton time is the best bo- local butcher shop in the city uh and i worked alongside brian uh, butler which is like who is a master butcher you know mm. as a head that's a that's a huge blessing for me to work alongside uh brian 
Uh, and that's where I learned, you know, I learned all about, like, now I can go back to Egypt and tell the butcher <laughs> what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, learned all about sausage and charcuterie and, and butchering. Um, I, I did do a lot of barbecue cook-offs too. Uh, and I won some trophies that I'm very proud of that I dedicate here. Oh, yes. You oh, the, yes. If you come to the supper club <laughs> at his house, you'll see the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah cooking classes is something that i love to do uh, and it's such a cool fun experience um i started doing cooking classes in 2017 i believe um and it's getting a lot uh i, I got to do a lot more of them in you know 2019 uh, and 2020 obviously there was nothing going on mm -hmm. uh, but now they're really picking up again yeah um so i work for a platform called cozy meal uh, cozy meal they are probably the biggest uh, cooking class uh, online platform in mm -hmm. the in the country uh, and think of it like it's like airbnb for chefs basically. oh cool so you go to the chef's house you go if you go to my profile on cozy meal you're gonna see uh, all the experiences that i provide from cooking classes to private dinners you mm -hmm. can just dine or you can learn um so i i've been working with cozy meal for like two or three years now and i have maybe eight or nine different classes uploaded uh seems to be the state class seems to be the busiest mm -hmm. <laughs> seems, seems to be the highest uh, booked class yeah um so yeah that's that's really uh, what i what i do right now uh, i would like to say that the the, the next year or this year i would love that there is a lot of um cool um projects you know and in, in the works right now mm -hmm. <coughs> i'm trying to find a venue uh where i can host my suppers uh, i would like to i would like for for the venue that i have in my head to be you know uh, uh um, a long table uh to where you can sit like 20 25 people or something yeah um and then we're gonna be serving the same with the same style, like individual plates or or family style that are just like shared between two people max, mm -hmm. um, with different course meals, uh, Middle Eastern, Egyptian food, um, and I would love, you know, I have really good friends that play Middle Eastern music, uh, and I would love to have um, a live music and a belly dancer. Oh around, my god, I'm living the table. for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To get a little taste of that uh, lush med Mediterranean uh, Middle Eastern dinner. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm uh, kind of working on right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I like I said, I'm not doing any public suppers, but I would do it if it's in a venue. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also working on uh, having a permanent location, uh, whether it is a food truck or a restaurant. Uh, but it most probably will be a food truck uh, right at Dia's Market as well, like yeah. outside their parking lot. Um, and I'll still be doing cooking classes for sure. I, I really, really love, uh, and enjoy sharing and teaching and, uh, yeah, sharing my knowledge with, with, and my food with people. Yeah. Oh, I love all of this. This has <laughs> been so good. I might hire you for my birthday. Um, either uh, if I'm feeling lazy, I'm going to ask you to cook all the vegan food. When's or your birthday? May 20th. Okay. Yeah. 
or um, maybe we could do a cooking class with our friends. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like that that yeah. would be fun. Depends on like how many people, but we yeah. can totally no, it do doesn't, a yeah. vegan feast yes, for your vegan birthday. Yes, vegan feast. Egyptian mm. vegan feast. Yeah, because <laughs> I love I love the food you've made made me so far. <laughs> Thank um, you. Okay, the last thing I ask everyone is what are three things you're grateful for? Off the top of your head. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say... Um, they could be, you know, things that I've already mentioned or talked about. Uh, uh, number one, I'm grateful for um, the friends and the family that have uh, stood next to me and believed in me uh, throughout this amazing journey. Um, just like yourself, you're one of these people mm -hmm. that are very supportive and uh, uh, I'm really grateful for that, absolutely. Um, Another thing is uh, my father. Uh, my father, he he passed away in 2012. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, you know, kind of like the leader. He was the oldest of his brothers. Uh, and he was really the leader, the risk taker uh, of the family. Uh, he never really got to uh, see or know any of what I'm doing. Because when he passed, I wasn't he knew how much i loved food and my father has a very you know specific taste like he really believed in me he loved my cooking he loved my food he would always ask me all right kareem like what what are we eating tonight like what are you cooking tonight mm -hmm. we'd always go shopping together uh, and whenever he would invite his friends over he would ask me to cook not my mom <laughs> 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 which felt kind of good <laughs> um but you know he was uh, he was really who brought me up to be the person i am mm. and uh be able to follow my dreams and go after my passion so i'm definitely grateful for my father being the person he was um the last thing is uh is you know my my culture and like mm -hmm. the way that got me inspired uh, my culture around food really yeah uh, like i'm saying earlier it's it's all about uh, sitting, lingering, uh, having a good time, sharing mm -hmm. laughs, sharing food, sharing stories, you know, after the food, like, I'm serious, like, we would always be, you know, wh whoever, like, even if it's just four of us, the small family, or if it's the extended family, mm -hmm. we're always sitting on the table, we're done with food, and we're always sitting there for, like, the next hour, you know, just, mm -hmm. like, talking and making fun of whoever is still eating, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, this this culture and this uh, type of food experience, like you were talking about the the fast food culture in mm. the U.S., that's really sad. You know, it's it's really sad how life in the U.S. makes you um, stuck in this loop. It's like being in this, you know, being inside of a washing machine, a hamster wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to keep going. You mm. can't stop and. That's something I, I'm experiencing too. Like you, you know, you have you have to. It's like you're you're going. You have to pay the rent, so you have to keep going. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so uh, being stuck in this, uh, I'm I'm grateful that you know um, I my background or I have come from a culture that made me realize and enjoy and um, you know the importance of of uh, of food and sharing food and. I would just love to um, put this out here. You know, I, I want to share this food. I want to share this type of culture with mm -hmm. everyone here because I think Austin would love it. Yeah. Oh, we do. We <laughs> do. <laughs> 
Um, the growth is there. It's happening already. We are manifesting it for yes. you. Yeah. Um, it is already, you already have it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Do you, I love this. Oh, this has been so great. Um, do you have anything else you would like to share before we wrap up? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's been good. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and share your story. I'm really excited for um, my listeners. That's so weird to say. The people who choose to listen to my podcast, yeah. I'm excited for them to listen um, and learn a little bit about you and your business and your passions. Um, and I'm excited for your guests to hear this if they are interested too. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, B. <laughs> thank you so much. And yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking forward for your uh, success with Aww. this, with this pop up too. Oh, it's gonna thank be you. Amazing. Thank like you. when you told me that you're doing this podcast, I was like, that's perfect. Aww. that's really perfect for you. You have a, you have the, the personality and the character for it. I appreciate so, that. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna make me cry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm excited for your thank success you. too. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. All right. Well. Stay tuned for next Tuesday for our next episode. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening.